Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Yes, we are back in fantasy football. Week five is in the books. Welcome to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, powered, powered with the power behind it by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with my brother. But, but, but hold on. We've got a surprise. The brother that's usually here with me on Mondays, he had a wedding up in, in Canada to the north. So he's on his way back. So we have the special guest himself joining us today, Jason. What's good, my brother? Holy mackerel, it's a Monday and I'm on Brodo. What has gone on in this world? So it's, Honestly, it's a it's convenient. So I'm actually on this week because I am on fall break. So the Michael's wedding actually lined up perfectly. Boom, um, boom. But I typically have to drive back to school on like Tuesday mornings, and I love listening to this. I'm I'm glad I'm not on it because I get to listen to it brand new Tuesday mornings on my way to Ithaca. Now I don't have to do that this week, and I'm on it. So it all works out. Boom, 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 boom. Um, usually. Jason, you are known for your, uh, let's say, your rants, your temperament in the Wednesday or in the Thursday pods of these times, telling it how it is, getting angry even when you're happy. But this, Michael always... Giving out, handing out straight to-dos. <laughs> to-dos all day. And, but Michael's <laughs> all about fun on this episode, so maybe we'll see the softer side of Jason in this episode, maybe. Never! <laughs> <laughs> um... The softer side of Jason, um, it was definitely not on display when he was a raving lunatic uh, helping to create the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. That was uh, in the zone, Jason, as I like to call him. Uh, and so, and it's the greatest app of all time, if I must say so myself. The Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Go download it now. It's free. What do you get on there? You get Fantasy Player Cards, which is basically a Fantasy Player profile with everything you need to succeed about a player in fantasy football, a start-sit tool, usage information, one of the most crucial pieces of information that you could have, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and advanced stats, including exclusive statistics like true throw value, true target value, true performance value, and adjusted air yards. Well, I mean, what else do I have to say? And it's free. The Fantasy Football by Brodo app, if you have not already downloaded it, go download it because it's only free for a limited time. And the reason why it's free for a limited time is because of the people over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Uh, we talked about it last episode. We just reached a nice little um, monetary goal that we've had for a while. And we really, really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Um, one cool thing that people have been doing is that we haven't mentioned is joining uh, yearly. And if you join yearly, you pay one lump sum, which I know is is good for a lot of people. I prefer to do that a lot of times. And you get like 10% off. So it's it's a win-win situation um, if you want to do that. So we've been getting a bunch of those uh, patrons. We appreciate you guys. And we appreciate everyone over at patreon.com where you can get access to our community. We play, You can play in leagues with us. The most important part, the Waiver Wire podcast, the number one tool 
to win your league, the waiver wire podcast, and so much more. Uh, the DFS optimizer uh, bets that Cass has been plus on all year based on his algorithms are he's up 600 units. He's up 600 units. That's our mathematician, Santiago Casanova, um, the fourth brother, Brodo brother from another mother. Um, so yeah, check it out, man. And if you are so inclined, please help us out. And Jason, today's a great day to be great. What do you say? That's always the case, brother. So do you know who's always great? Um, you know, there's, this there's answer a few people I can name, you know, this answer, Jason, but you know, Michael would have had this answer right off the bat. Travis you, Kelsey. No, 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 no. The one, the only Donnie H. Those stories ah, are more just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining <laughs> us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. You also talked right over Donnie H. Donnie H is playing and you talked right over Donnie H. Jason, you're not you rookie. you're showing rookie your mistakes. Rookie. <laughs> you're showing you gotta come in for the guy on the IR and just and just fit in seamlessly. You gotta do Devontae Booker style. You gotta do Alexander Madison style. What is this? Stuff? I will no longer make mistakes. You fumbled already in the first quarter. What is this? <laughs> um, Good thing Bill Belichick doesn't run this podcast. <laughs> Thank God. All right. So with that being said, a bunch of injuries. All right. So I'm just going to go on the in the timeline here. Obviously, there are some injuries that mean more than others, but we're not going to go in terms of biggest news items. We're going to go in terms of, you know, in terms of the recency of it. So first, Kenny Galladay. Uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that Kenny wide receiver, Giants wide receiver Kenny Galladay will miss six week six with a knee injury. Wow, I can't read right now. But should not be out more than a week or two. So Kenny Galladay's... Bro, you said... Yeah, I can't read right now. You said six, and I was about to be like, hold up. Six weeks? When did this happen? Yeah, me too. Week six, it says. <laughs> I, I my, my screen is on super dark. For some reason, and now it's I've brightened it up, so that should that should fix itself. But um, yeah, Kenny Galladay out a week or two. Uh, what do you think about this? I mean, obviously it's super rough because I'm assuming the next two on this list are going to be Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. So we could probably just talk about these three as a whole. All of them got injured. Yeah. Um, Daniel Jones, we don't know how long he'll be out yet, or if he he'll even be out at all. He got popped the shit out of. Um, and then Saquon Barkley's ankle looked like there was a hot air balloon attached to it. So it's really unfortunate because, like, if just Galladay went down, then you lose him for a week. Like, it probably things are looking up for Kadarius Tony. It's not that big a deal. He got injured, too. I don't know if you heard. This is something that just came on the wire. Uh, yeah, that, too. Joe, Joe Judge told people that Kadarius Tony got an X-ray on his ankle on Monday. And, quote, they don't think the injury is anything significant. This is what Judge said. Listen to this. It's not something season-ending. What? What? <laughs> that that's, went, a sh- that's a sheesh and a half I right know. There. Like, what What, are you, what do you mean? Like, uh, ah. The t- coach talked to the maximum. But you go from a guy who was looking like he could be incredible for the remainder of the season, and then... It's good news that he's not out for the year. That's yeah. that's concerning. It's just rough all around for the Giants because the point I was making was like, if it was only one person, there'd be fantasy goodness still left to go around. 
But when all these people are leaving the game and getting injured, now you're looking at a team of Mike Glennon and a bunch of scrubs. And like the Devontae Booker plug and play looks a lot less appetizing. Yeah. Or the John Ross plug and play or something of that sort. It, It hurts that it's all of these people at once. Very unfortunate for the Giants. I the Saquon Barkley injury as a person who's injured his ankles I've broken both of my ankles and I've torn a ligament in one of my ankles sounds like you a fragile ass bitch I used to be and then I started strengthening my ankles and my life changed for real uh mad underrated strengthening your ankles uh, like just doing like slant board stuff it's, it's super underrated anyway uh Saquon Barkley I don't know if this is just a one week thing Ankles don't look like that and then just go back to looking normal. That's just not a thing that happens. So uh, strap in if you have Saquon. This could be one of I those I saw a report. I think, it was, I think it was Ian Rappaport. It was, such, it was so dumb. Like, no offense to him. But, like, the first half of the tweet was, like, they think it's a low-grade ankle sprain, so he shouldn't be out that long, maybe a couple weeks. And then the second half was, like, but the infamously fast healer may be back after one week. Like that's conjecture if I ever heard it. Yeah. Are you serious? What 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 kind of reporting is that? <laughs> like I don't want to hear about your theories about his magical ankle. What the fuck's up with his ankle, man? What do you mean? Like what? <laughs> also, like I read that tweet. I was like, that's useless. Also, like yeah, uh, this guy Saquon Barkley who magically heals really quick, but gets injured three games later every time. Yeah. Maybe there's yeah, a reason magi- for that. Yeah. You know. I don't know man. Um, Damian Harris, who was inches away from making you guys eat it, um, got hurt in his chest. But then he didn't because he's in his ribs. Uh, And then he fumbled away. On that team he is. And he fumbled away his his entire Patriots career. Uh, Is best described (laughs) (laughs) as day-to-day that tests have ruled out anything significant. So he'll be playing next week uh, health-wise. But whether or not he resides squarely in the doghouse of Bill Belichick is uh, another another wondering altogether. I was going to put Damian Harris on my stock falling, but I decided not to because I assumed we talk about him here. Look, I, I wrote about him two weeks ago as a sell high. It's games like the Texans where he's actually kind of useful. And then even yesterday, he was barely useful. Leaves the game twice, fumbles away the ball. The, things are not looking up for Damian Harris. You don't you don't want him in your starting lineups going forward, in my opinion. No, it's, that was a bad draft pick. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, depending where you got him, if you got him in the tenth round, it's whatever. It was it was worth the risk. But if you, but yeah, he did have an opportunity to put the ball in the end zone twice in this game, and he just couldn't come through. And sometimes you can't come through. That's I mean, you 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 lose yourself these opportunities. Um, someone who didn't lose himself an opportunity, uh, looking for an opportunity to get back as soon as possible. Uh, speaking with reporters on Monday, Dolphins head coach Brian Flores said that QB Tua Tagovailoa, who had a broken rib, uh, threw and that Flores is hopeful that he can practice this week. Uh, by the way, I'm reading this all from NBCSportsEdge.com. Uh, they have the the updates and all the news. So uh, shout out to them. So Tua maybe on the mend. Broken rib. This is a, this is a you know this is an injury that people have played with before. They just put kind of like a rib guard out and they go out there. Uh, shout out to all the people who have done that. That sounds like a hardcore thing to do. Uh, but interesting because Jacoby Brissett has been, you know, trash uh, for the most part. Just 
really, really, really heavy workload. So it's going to be interesting. To yeah, they're just making him throw 50 times a game. Exactly. Oh, our quarterback uninjured? Let's make the backup throw 50 times. That's a winning strategy. <laughs> Clyde Edwards-Alaire. All you Clyde Edwards-Alaire owners who uh, who were, excuse me, uh, managers, who were, you know, I shouldn't have drafted him. I hate him. Get him off my team. Be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. And here he is. He will miss a few weeks with an MCL sprain. He suffered it in the loss to Buffalo. Now, Daryl Williams and Jarek McKinnon are the guys who you're looking at. With the injury, Williams led the team with 37 snaps and five carries. McKinnon was in on pass catching back, pass catching rolls. He caught a pass. So it's going to be interesting to see here because this Kansas City's offense has been kind of secretly struggling and no one's really been noticing. Well, not that no one's been noticing, but it's kind of been going under the radar how they're struggling and they're just not the powerhouse that we're used to seeing. And now uh, their running back gets hurt. So I don't know, interesting stuff going on in KC right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I'm i all over the Daryl Williams train here. We mentioned him on the Patreon pod last week, cheap plug, as someone that you could pick up as a possible flex play even, like as soon as weeks five, because he was becoming the goal line slash passing back. And that's pretty valuable on the Chiefs. CEH was running for 100 yards, but everyone was not looking at the fact that Darrell Williams was scoring touchdowns and catching passes. So I think this is a real opportunity for him here to show that he's also a decent runner. And if he performs well, if he continues to catch passes as well, be the goal line back, he might see more. He'll probably see more snaps than CEH sees on normal days. And then if he performs well, he's probably going to eat more into CEH's workload when CEH returns. I think it's a great opportunity for Daryl Williams. One thing that I hate about playing in fantasy leagues with Michael and Jason is that, you know, you go to the waiver wire, you check, oh, Daryl Williams, let's see. What, and he's on no waiver wires. He's, he's he's on teams in every single league because of you two. I hate yeah, Michael has him in our home league. Pissed me off. <laughs> Michael made some good moves in the home league to uh, fill his team with a bunch of – he always does this. He always fills his team with a bunch of upside guys that are like – he puts him on his team two weeks too early, and then his team looks way better two weeks later. Um, Joe Burrow, who had a throat contusion, went to the hospital last night, uh, but was released, and he should be fine. So that's that's good for Joe Burrow. Um, who, and, and I don't want you know his injury aside, a lot of people giving too much credit to him for what he did last night. For 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 me, he threw a big interception. He. He only threw the ball intermediate. He threw one deep pass, and it was to Jamar Chase, which was he put all of his might into that throw. He he put everything he had behind it. He like he he charged up, and he still underthrew Chase. Chase had to like it was kind of like if you look at that that play in in real life, in like real motion, it looks like in a video game when your guy goes for it and the ball goes through their hand. You ever have that happen in a video game, like? That probably happened a lot more in, in my era of video games and the era that's going on right now. But, like, that's what it looked like in real life. The, it was just a, a freak play. And I don't know. Joe Burrow's not looking as good as I think his team is making him look out to be at the moment. Just putting that out there. I mean, I think you're being a little hypercritical. I agree. I'm on the, like, people are trying to crown uh, Joe Burrow too early train. 
but he had a good game yesterday, man. He kept up with Aaron Rodgers. Like, I think I, I don't think, think yesterday's game is the one to point to. I think the Bengals as a whole are a much better team. That offensive line, I you know, look, sometimes offensive lines develop. They didn't add anyone crazy in the offseason, but they were really confident about their group, and I thought they were going to have a terrible offensive line. I was wrong. Their offensive line has been very good. Um, and their defense has been very good. So I, I just think Joe Burrow is getting a little too, too much credit. Just, just, just throwing that out there. Um, here's one that definitely, definitely sucks. Our first big-time injury, and there was a lot of big-time injuries uh, this week. We're going to have a long episode, I think. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster will have shoulder surgery and is out for the remainder of the 2021 season. Brutal for Juju because he turned down a long-term contract with the Chiefs. He turned down a contract with the Ravens to re-sign with the Steelers, bet on himself, go try and win a a championship with with Pittsburgh, go try and have another season like he did in his rookie year and get paid. And instead, his season ends after, you know, just kind of the same old stuff that we were seeing from him last year. Uh, Unfortunate for Juju, man. And uh, Michael, you're definitely uh, Michael's definitely going to lose that bet uh, that he put with us. <laughs> He's going to lose it regardless. But yeah, I when I saw that happen to Juju, I was like, that's either going to get popped back into place and he's going to be good to go, or he's going to be out the year because he was like holding his shoulder. It was just like hanging, and it was obviously the worst alternative, which really sucks for him. Um, I think a team, yo, know, if a team with a good offense takes a shot on him next year, he could he could surprise some of his haters. But this is a big, big, big plus for Chase Claypool specifically. Agreed. Deontay Johnson. Hold Deontay on, hold on, hold on. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold that. Hold it. Talking about, we're going to be talking about Chase Claypool uh, a little later in the show. All right, that's fine. So hold that. Um, Curtis Samuel, uh, NYC zone. Curtis Samuel. Uh, Ron Rivera says he is week to week with a groin injury. Ah, you hate to see it because he had this groin injury, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, he's coming back," but then on Wednesday, he was limited. On Thursday, he was limited. On Friday, he was limited. And then you play the guy, and he gets hurt. Oh, who could have seen that one coming? Um, but here we are again with Curtis Samuel. Uh, this is something that has plagued him throughout his career, so sucks to see. No bueno, indeed. I don't think there's too many implications there, but it's sad to see. Uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that Max Williams may have suffered a season-ending knee injury, and I think that is a season-ending injury at, at this point. It's been confirmed. Ah, man. Max Williams was someone who, like, not for nothing, I, I added him on a dynasty roster. He had a good game for me, one good game, and he was getting more looks. He was making good plays. Like, he, he might not look like, you know, the most chiseled athletic dude in the, in the history of the world, but he was making plays, so it, it sucks for the Cardinals. It's, that's uh, That was a big weapon that was making plays that they're no longer going to have this season. Yeah, he was seeing a decent amount of work, was in the streaming conversation. So now, unless the backup steps up, Daryl Daniels gets, sees the same amount of, unless he sees the same amount of targets, which I'd assume not, probably a few more to go around now for AJ Green, Rondell Moore, and Christian Kirk. And Rondell Moore, man, foosh, that man can play. That catch he had yesterday, if you guys didn't see it, just search Rondell Moore catch anywhere on any site. You could even. Go to fucking E-Bombs world, which probably doesn't even exist anymore. They'll have that catch. That's how I'm just like, I'm just trying to stress how impressive that catch was. Like, it's it's probably everywhere. Did Yo, this guy. Did you see it, Tim? You said E-Bombs. This guy. Of course I saw it. This guy was. 
This guy was on the sideline, turned his entire body, fully stretched out, kept his toes in, and caught the ball. Didn't even bobble it at all. Just stretched out like, oh, man, that was beautiful. I will say it reminded me of a, a certain catch that was made a couple weeks ago by a certain person that I know. <laughs> that got called back because Johnny passed the line. That's all I got to say. Um, <laughs> was a very no, good catch. Great catch. Great catch. Um, here's an interesting one. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's been reported by Jason LaConforta of CBS Sports. He could be cleared to pay, play by week seven. The Washington football team has not been playing well, but it's because their defense has been getting absolutely torched. Quarterback is not their problem. Tyler Haneke has been playing well. So the question is, do you go back to Fitzpatrick when he can come back? Or do you ride this Heineke wave because, look, the dude has more potential. That team's not going to be good enough to have a high draft pick to get a quarterback. They're going to have to trade up to get a quarterback this year. I don't think there's any veteran quarterbacks on the market this year besides, you know, Aaron Rodgers. And will you get Aaron Rodgers? You know, that'll be a sweepstakes. Maybe you ride out this Tyler Haneke thing. What say you? Yeah, man. Uh, I don't think that's the worst idea. Heineke has been balling out a bit and more so for fantasy because he uses his legs and stuff. But I agree, man. Uh, who would have guessed the Washington defense was going to be their problem? Oof, nobody. Especially because they, the... they added William Jackson. Like, you're like, oh, these, these guys are going to be nasty. And here they are. Like, they suck. Particularly, particularly their secondary. Yeah, so I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd go to... Back to Fitzpatrick either. Like you said, they're not getting a young quarterback this year, so might as well see what you have in Heineke. He's been decent so far. All these young quarterbacks in college so far, I've heard also, have not been in, in, impressing. I'm not going to act like I watch any college football because I don't. But, you know, I, I keep an eye on the, on the NFL prospects. And apparently they're not playing well. Uh, so let's see. Spencer Adler got injured in the Red River showdown, brother. He got injured? I mean, I thought they got benched replaced. Him. Yeah, they benched yeah. him. Uh, Chiefs left guard Joe Thune, Thune, it is pronounced, suffered a broken hand in Kansas City in Kansas City's Week Five loss to the Bills. Um, man, bro, the Chiefs have like five good players. It's kind of crazy how they and it's and it's fully shown. They have Mahomes, fucking Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Frank Clark, another good defensive lineman that I'm forgetting about. Like they have like five good players and it's it's showing hard. Well, they they also got Honey Badger. Don't take Honey Badger away. Although Honey Badger right, fine. Been, six good hasn't, players. Hasn't had his best. When you looked at their defense when they were playing on Tyron Matthews a very streaky player. He is. He play he makes big plays. He's, he reminds me of Troy Palomalu because sometimes he'll get burned because his he plays so instinctually that sometimes his instincts are incorrect, but most of the times they're not. But anyway, when you were going through, when they were going through the people in on the Sunday night game, which by the way, the Bills, the Bills put the league on notice. The Bills, uh, according to uh, Jeff Crisco on Twitter, the Bills have been have won their last four games by an average of like thirty five to ten. Like that's like the average score. Yeah, they're just shutting people out and putting up forty every week. It's insane what they're doing right now, and we'll talk more about the Bills as we go today but it's absolutely insane and they put the chiefs on notice and afterwards do you know what josh allen said he said people will make a bigger deal of this than it ought to be that's what you want to hear out of the guy who did it it's we're not satisfied with this shit we want the whole thing that's what you want to hear mm -hmm. um russell wilson is the big one 
the big boy. He is out for what looks like could be six weeks, maybe eight weeks. Messed up his finger. You saw that finger look like it was all different sideways. (sighs) This was a big one. I think the biggest loser in this one is Tyler Lockett. I'll talk about that a little later. How are you feeling? Rapid reaction to the news. I agree with you. It's rough. This this is a killer. Killer all around for that offense. At least DK Metcalf is a freak. And Geno Smith could probably high point him every once in a while. But besides that, this one's going to be rough. Especially, I agree, for Tyler Lockett. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it more. We'll talk about it more. But that is what we got so far. So, obviously, a week of injuries. Big ones. And uh, we didn't even mention a few of them. If you want to get our thoughts on all the injuries, uh, head over to the Brodo app or head, o- head over to BrotoFantasy.com where Kyle McKee, uh, who just, just dropped the injury wrap-up, uh, including who's going to take over time for these players uh, in the meantime. So it's a great little wrap-up, like quick read. It's just the player, what happened to them, how long they're going to be out, and who's going to replace them. So, um, yeah, go check it out. Uh, I edited it today, and it was it was a good re- it was a really good read. Uh, with that being said, you want to go on to the next one? Let's do it, pork chop. Let's start on the good side. The stuff that we saw coming. I saw that coming from a mile away. I- oh, almost nailed it! Almost nailed it. Uh, just just a little hit at the end. Just so close. So so close. Damn, you said you said I'm making mistakes, and then you go out and do it. Well, I, you're I, not I, even the special guest. The man. people already know. Like we stream that one from the internet. It's a, for some reason we can't get that sound clip to be on our computer. If someone could help us out with that, and MP3 that for us and send it over, that would be fire. Uh, that would prevent that from happening anymore. Uh, but anyway, Come on way. Jason, who's I your could first? Just do it. Who's your first saw that coming? My first saw that coming is my boy. I'm a, I, I could have used this if I was on this review pod. I could have used this before week one, before week two, three, four, five. My man, Jalen Hurts, for some reason, this was fade Jalen Hurts week on Twitter for a bunch of people who think they know more than they do. And it made no sense to me because Jalen Hurts. All right. Carolina defense has played well this year. They've also faced not very good offenses. And Jalen Hurts has been bulletproof. Quarterback 10 or better every year this every week this season or 11 or better every week this season quarterback five on the season and you don't bench someone who has seven rush 62 yard or 10 rush 82 yard and a touchdown potential because those are his numbers from week one and two. So what does Jalen Hurts do is basically a scrub for the first half, which makes you think, oh, man, maybe it was good to sit him. And then he did what he does. Even though he ended with 198 passing yards, 30 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, all in the fourth quarter, goes and ends with 23 fantasy points, ends as quarterback seven on the week. This guy is a locked and loaded quarterback one every week. I don't care who he's facing, and I don't care if he goes into the fourth quarter with two points because he's done this twice now. He's gone into the fourth quarter with like two points, and he's ended the week as a top 10 quarterback anyway. He did it on primetime against Dallas, and he did it against Carolina. Keep firing up Jalen Hurts. I saw that shit coming, and I'm ranking him as a top five quarterback every week. I don't care who he's facing. 
Bada bing, bada boom, right there. That's how you come on the show and flex about your. Uh, that was a victory lap and a half, Jason. Right? And uh, but I gotta give it to you. You, <laughs> you, you. Uh, I took your advice in the only league where, because I had, I have taken Kyler Murray and Josh Allen. Like those are my guys this year. I was taking them. Um, it's paid off so far, that's for sure. Uh, but also in the league that I didn't take QB early because those guys were stolen. I waited and I got Jalen Hurts in like the twelfth round. Insanity. This in, and in this league, I'm second in points because when you do that, when you when you draft all this yep. talent and then you can get your quarterback in the twelfth round and he's this guy, it's uh, it's a cheat code. Uh, here's one guy that people thought was a cheat code but hasn't been so far. Finally broke out. And look, I've been on the anti Kyle Pitts bandwagon, but I also said that this week is going to be an incredible opportunity, and that's exactly what it was. Nine catches for 119 yards and a touchdown. Absolutely unstoppable against the Jets. When you get that many targets, you're going to produce, and there was no one else around him. Calvin Ridley was hurt. Russell Gage was hurt. Um, that was it. They're, they're, they're two biggest receivers. So there's no other choice but to throw to Kyle Pitts, and it was good choices when he did. Um I shit on Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan played a great game against the Jets. Definitely took advantage of being a 14-year veteran against a a rookie coach, a rookie defensive coordinator, a rookie offensive coordinator, a rookie quarterback. Like, definitely the the experience showed um, in this game. So Kyle Pitts uh, played well, caught it in the end zone for the first time. So shout out to him. Did Did a little London tea celebration. That was pretty cool. And so yeah, Kyle Pitts. This doesn't change how I outlooked him from from the beginning, but this is these are going to be those games where he could really uh, produce, and it's a good thing he did. Uh, Kyle Pitts is is my guy here for saw that coming. Yeah, if there was any week that was entirely set up for one person to succeed in the past five years, it was this one for Kyle Pitts. <laughs> and th- and that's why it's it's important too to like be. Every week is a new week when it comes to fantasy. And yes, Kyle Pitts has disappointed you if he's if he's if you've drafted him and I didn't like him in the offseason. But when you looked at this matchup, it was just like this is obviously a smash home run hit in like out of the park. Like this is obvious. So you know, it sometimes you have to be week by week. Stay fluid. Jason, who's your second saw that coming? Second saw that coming again could probably just be for all the weeks so far because it's obvious when to use him, but a lot of people still are scared off by him. There's this odd thought in the fantasy world by some people that Alexander Madison is not a plug-and-play whenever Dalvin Cook is hurt. And to that, I say you, person saying that, are a do-do. <laughs> because Alexander Madison is a plug-and-play whenever Dalvin Cook is hurt, and it's entirely clear. And this season... In two games where Dalvin Cook is out, he's been running back seven and running back five. In a cakewalk matchup against Detroit, the best thing about this too, why I have him here as well, is how many touches he saw. 25 rushes, seven targets, seven receptions. 32 touches. Just entirely filled in for Dalvin Cook. Found the end zone through the air. Had 113 rushing yards. This guy is money, and whenever Dalvin Cook is hurt, you put him... In your lineup, I don't care what your team looks like. Unless you are a wonderful fantasy football player like myself who've managed to get CMC and Kamara in our home league. And if those two guys are healthy and for some reason you have like 
I don't fucking know. Justin Jefferson in your flex. Like, unless your team is super stacked, you're starting Alexander Madison because he does this. We see it coming every time he's out there. You guys should, too. Seems like he's been in the league forever, but Alexander Madison is only 23 years old. Under contract for two more years. This this reminds me of, like, uh, this, this is something that used to happen in the old school times a lot where there was two running backs, one running back was really good, and then you had a, another running back that got a lot of burn. Um, for example, I'm a Jets fan, so I'm going to go back to my childhood. Curtis Martin and Lamont Jordan. Remember Lamont Jordan, Jason? Of course. Yeah. yeah, so, and then once that rookie contract goes up, a team will come and sign that running back to be the running back for their team, like Lamont Jordan did for the Raiders. And that, that used to happen. That used to be the the way running backs got on back in the day. That's not really the case anymore because – People don't value the running back, even though don't get me started on not valuing the running back. Uh, but Alexander Madison is a legit player. And Jason, you're right. Like people sleep on him. Another guy that got slept on, I swear. And this like I don't like complaining about fantasy Twitter because it's not a real place and like whatever, but I'm gonna do it right now. No one liked Kadarius Tony. I remember Kadarius Tony was going in the third round of startup dynasty drafts. Yeah. And it was like, why is everyone passing? Like, everyone universally made fun of the Giants for getting him. No one liked it. Like, it was universal. It was like a, he was like a punchline of how bad Dave Gettleman was for everyone. And this guy is an absolute baller. And shout out to Michael who started him in our leagues, and we laughed at him. And look who's laughing now. Uh, Michael said that Kadarius Tony was a good play this week, and he was right. Ten receptions for 189 yards. He also got a carry for seven yards. This is one touchdown away from being a monstrosity game. Already a great game, uh, especially if you're playing in PPR. That's 20, 28, 29 points right there out of Kadarius Tony. A monster game. Yeah. Dude. And he's, it, it, we talked about him in the beginning. He might be hurt. I hope he's not hurt because especially with, with Galladay out, he's just going to have nothing but opportunity. And with the space that he was creating against the, the Cowboys, last, I, I went back and I watched it because I'm like, yo, I want to really watch Kadarius Tony play. I want to see what's the big deal about him. He was wide open every time he caught the ball. Wide open. And you know Jason Garrett is not making those happen. You know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> it's not Jason Garrett putting him in the right spot. So, like, dude. Kadarius Tony, this is someone whose stock is up. Uh, he, even though he's not in the stock up section, his stock is up right now. Yeah, for sure. He could have definitely been in stock up in redraft and dynasty. All right, there Jay. may not be a higher stock at the moment. All right, Jay. So we, in, which is insane. We are on to our next one. The things that we didn't see coming, the things that were taking us by surprise. Surprise, motherfucker. All right, Jay. Who's your first surprise surprise? Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> the first surprise surprise, bro. David and Joku. Ooh, yes. For sure. I, I'm, I'm going to ask who saw that coming. I think the answer is no one. <laughs> Ended as the tight end one last week. Seven receptions, 149 yards, and a touchdown in what turned out to be a great game. Baker Mayfield must have heard the rumors about his downfall because... He came out slinging it, and hilariously enough, uh, Tim's going to talk about this later, OBJ did nothing because that guy is a prick, and <laughs> David Njoku balled the fuck out. And you know that the tight end position is weak because just because just based off this one game, 
And Joku didn't even play week three. He's now the tight end 12 on the season. <laughs> so that's how good he performed. My only qualm about this is that he played the same amount of snaps as he always had this season. And that number is around 64%. So he, nothing changed in terms of how much he was on the field. He did see a new high in targets. He went from five, three and two targets to seven. If this game didn't warrant more targets, I don't know what does, but I'd caution against a team that usually doesn't pass as much as they do yesterday. It was certainly a great performance, though, and a surprise to see David and Joe could do that. For sure. And, I mean, one thing that we were trying to tell Michael on, in the last one, he was like, he was like, OBJ's the number one. Like, well, no, he's not the one number one option. It's Nick Chubb, and then it's Kareem Hunt, and then it's the tight ends. It's just that you don't yep. know which tight end. And if these tight ends were all one player, they would be a great start. They'd be like a top fantasy tight end 1,000%. Cleveland tight not. end would be money. Cleveland tight end would be a great position group to have, but you just you can't do that. I actually wanted to invent. Can you draft Harrison, Harrison, Njoku, Hooper? We're we're gonna have to That's make that happen. Name. We could probably come up with a better name than that. I, I have a, Austin I, Austin Harrison. Njoku. All right, man, shut your mouth now with your with your nonsense. That sounds more realistic. My first can't didn't see that coming, and I don't think anyone saw this one coming either. This one you couldn't see coming from a mile away. Davis Mills and the Houston Texans offense. One thing we did tell you was to sit Brandon Cooks, and that ended up being a really good plan. It looks like Bill Belichick's ability <laughs> to take away the number one receiver definitely worked out. The only problem is he didn't expect the other receivers, including Chris Moore, a guy who was on the practice squad last week. Five yep. for 109 and a touchdown. This is a guy who... From a Raven great. Dude, this guy might... Chris Moore might not be on the team next year, next week. And he yeah. and he went for five one oh nine and a touchdown. Chris Connolly goes for three eighty four and a touchdown. Davis Mills himself three twelve and three touchdowns. What the the Texans gave gave the Patriots everything they could handle. The Patriots just squeaked out with a victory. I'll say this about the Texans, bro. The Texans are horrible. They're a bad team and they're a bad franchise and all that. But. These guys play hard every single week. They're never really blown out except last week in Buffalo, and they're blowing out everyone. They're in it every single week. Davis Mills just balled out against Bill Belichick. Like, this team, I, I kind of like sneaky root for them, like when David Carr was on the team, and they were just like this underdog team. But they, I mean, they're trash, but this was a cool game to watch at least. What if the main thing to take out of this game is that it's confirmation for those who are still holding on to hope that Anthony Miller is a giant to do. Cause this guy, the last two weeks had a 20 plus percent target share for the Texans gets released. And then the people he was playing in front of perform much better I don't than know. he did. I don't know about all that. I mean, if you can't even hang on to the, a Texans job, there's only so far draft stock can take you. He just, he just got, uh, he's, just got signed by someone i can't remember exactly who jaguars interesting yikes from the texans to the jags next he's gonna be on the jets <laughs> he's gonna do the pain trifecta are you are you done talking is that is that the end yeah it's, he's a to do uh let's go on to your second one who's your second surprise surprise my second surprise surprise miles gaskin 
he's being drafted because Brian Flores seemingly likes to use one running back. It seems like that's going to be the case. And then he basically just loses his job to Malcolm Brown. He has two rushes and no targets in week four. And then out of nowhere, Miles Gaskin comes out, ends as the RB2 overall with five rushes and 10 targets, caught all of them 72 yards and two touchdowns. It's very unfortunate because before week four, Miles Gaston was playing just enough to keep staying in lineups as a flex play. Just enough. He was like in the running back three range. And then they decide week four, he's a scrub. And then it's like, okay, sit Gaskin from here on out. And then he comes out and does what you wanted him to do and he drafted him. Worst case scenario, nobody saw it coming. And Miles Gaskin delivers when no one expects it. The nightmare of all fantasy rosters. Yep, because you know that the guy who is starting Miles Gaskin week one through five, and he's like, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? And then finally week six, he's like, I'm going to put Jamal Williams in or something. And then yeah. and then this happens. Um, <laughs> that's the worst, man. Fantasy is a cruel mistress. Uh, my, my, my surprise, surprise is Marquez Calloway. And the reason why Marquez Calloway is in my surprise, surprise is not in my stock up is because I want to talk about this game in general. So... Uh, this game is an- another game where I went back and I watched um, I watched the you know the, the fast replay on Game Pass and just to see what this game was about because this game was the complete opposite of what the box score said. Like you wouldn't when you see the box score of this game, you might think that it was a completely different game than that was. For example, Jameis Winston had four TDs, right? But he also only completed fifty percent of his passes, and the reason why he was able to get those TDs was because the Saints punter was a fucking gangster in this game. The the Redskins were caught in their territory on the one-yard line so many times. The Saints defense put them three and out every single time. They punted, and the Saints started from the 50-yard line on like four separate drives or three or four separate drives. It was an insane game like that. And Marquez Callaway is one of those people also who had this like weird, insane game. The two touchdowns that he had, one was on a complete Hail Mary at the end of the first half. Jameis Winston just threw it up, and Marquez Callaway came down with it. And then another one was on a busted coverage. So Marquez Callaway is a, is a super surprise. He's, I think he surprised himself. He surprised everyone because he kind of lucked into these two giant touchdowns. Uh, and if you started Marquez Callaway, you're, hey, it's better to be lucky than good sometimes. And I think that was uh, what you saw yesterday with Marquez Callaway. Yeah, it's funny because he basically did what, why what every what caused people to draft him in the preseason caught a Hail Mary. And <laughs> the one game that caused everyone to draft him was him just catching deep bombs from Jameis Winston in the preseason. So it's pretty funny that that's what it was. I'm not buying into it. No, uh, I more notable for me was Deontay Harris's performance. He got hurt. He was one of the guys we didn't talk yeah. about. So Deontay Harris, one reception for 72 yards. It was very he they've been using him in but. You know, we'll see what happens with his injury as well. He's week to week. Interesting, though, because Michael Thomas is uh, supposedly around the corner. It is week five. So we'll see what's going on with Michael Thomas. Supposedly? Supposedly. Supposedly. I said supposedly. You've been listening to your students too much. I have, I have been. I've been listening. That's the classic student move right there. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. It's because it, sometimes I have a, a baby voice now. 
And sometimes I just say the wrong things, like to make. Oh, things sound daddy cute. wants to supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go into our next one, uh, the stock rising segment, where we talk about people whose stocks are going off the roof, babe. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Who's your first grand slam home run, Jay? I Yo, Grant, talk about a grand slam home run, man. Slept on by a lot of people. Emmanuel... Sanders. For, yo, bro. I couldn't I I am one of the people who was getting my uh my own medicine handed to me with Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, man. Look, he has outscored Stefan Diggs in two out of the last three weeks. He has seen a minimum of five targets per game. And he didn't really produce in weeks one and two, and that coincided with Josh Allen's slightly slow start to the season. They played Pittsburgh where Josh Allen struggled and then Miami where they won 35 zips. They barely had to throw the ball. And then after that, Josh Allen turned up. The bills have scored 38 or more three weeks in a row, 35 or more, four weeks in a row. And it's just been Emmanuel Sanders season. This guy, the best thing to see about his game yesterday, he was catching only deep touchdowns. Like he was the deep threat for the bills. And then he goes and only has 54 yards yesterday, but two touchdowns. Bro, and the things that he, he called touchdowns without being the deep threat. The things that he was doing were like, yo, I was watching it. It's like it was like watching a like a crafty lefty pitch. Like he he's still like, but the crafty lefty's still throwing 93. You know what I mean? Like he's still he's not the guy he used to be when he was with the Steelers, but he's out he's 34, but he's still super athletic. And he's putting these moves on guys. He's just outthinking them. He's outsmarting them. He's using his his in, insane experience in this league to win battles. And not only when you could do that, plus use your just natural speed to win battles, that's someone that, you know, you think about it, like why wasn't he more drafted? Everyone was drafting Gabriel Davis. It's because people were just like, oh, he's 34 years old, whatever. But this, this Bills staff, man, their eye for talent is second to none. Every single thing that they do, it's like they touch. It's it's like they touch gold. They're like the Midas touch. I swear, every single thing they do. Let's talk about my first stock up, Chase Claypool. Dive into the pool, baby. This guy was on my article for buy low a couple weeks ago. Uh, had was hurt last week, so didn't play, but he came in and returned with a bang. Five receptions for 130 yards and a touchdown. Missed putting that. Even higher uh, with a couple of, of close calls, but Chase Claypool had a great game. And it wasn't just like going down the field on nine routes. Uh, his big play came on a slant route where he outran the defense. And when you're a 6'3", six, 6'4", six, dude who could outrun the defense, you're going to cause problems in the NFL. He's been getting the car- targets. You waited for one of these big games, one of these explosions. You're waiting for him to get in the end zone. He finally did. Um, so Chase Claypool... Uh, definitely stock rising, especially with the news that Juju Smith-Schuster is out for the season. Uh, Jason, you wanted to talk about Chase Claypool, so uh, fire away. You were you had a thought on that. Yeah, I just wanted to note that this. I think this definitely helps Claypool more than anyone on that team because Deontay Johnson, 
I'm not going to look much into his game. Yesterday was really weird. Two targets, but he caught a 50-yarder, 50-yard touchdown. So he always produces no matter what. He sees 13 targets a game. He's Big Ben's go-to. The difference is that Claypool didn't always see that many targets. He was the one that was losing most of his touches to Juju or James Washington on deep passes or whoever else. So I think this will directly lead to more Chase Claypool targets specifically. And Claypool's a good fucking player. And he knows how to make things happen. So I think this is a very good, um, without taking anything away from Juju and his injury, I think this is very good for Chase Claypool. Um, Jason, who's your second stock rising? My second stock rising is the guy we spoke about a little bit earlier. Actually, I should have saved that spiel for now, but oh well. Daryl Williams. Um, I won't go into the same thing I said earlier, just a quick refresher. He was the third down and and red zone back when CEH was healthy. That was being overlooked because CEH rushed for 100 yards two games in a row. Now that CEH is hurt, if he's able to maintain those roles, he's going to play more than CEH has played all season. And if he's able to produce and play well on a team that's struggling right now, then there's no guarantee that CEH comes back from injury and is just the main back again. So I think Darrell Williams has a lot of upside while CEH is out and can make himself a nice role when CEH returns. Uh, speaking of carving out a nice role, how's every down, basically every down back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense sound? Because Leonard Fournette uh, has taken over that backfield, it, it seems. And, yeah. and look, he's not, it's not a, a complete takeover, but in week five, he played on 62% of the snaps as opposed to Giovanni Bernard's 23% and Ronald Jones 14%. Um, he got 57% of the rush work. He got targeted in the passing game seven times, caught four of them for 43 yards, ran the ball 12 carries for 67 yards and a touchdown. Leonard Fournette is someone who everyone just assumed Ronald Jones was the guy, but it, I remember doing the, the the heat wave during the summer, and it's just like I, I mentioned, look, playoff, what was it, playoff Lenny, right? Playoff Lenny was a thing. Like, yep. he, he kind of took over. So I don't know why people were just assuming that it was going to be back to Ronald Jones. And then Ronald Jones fumbled a couple times, and now it seems like Leonard Fournette has this backfield to keep. Jason, I think you're muted. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, I think most of it came from the fact that Rojo was also injured at the end of last year, so they weren't sure if playoff Lenny was because of that, even though Rojo did end up returning. But I agree, man. The main back on a Tampa, on a Tom Brady-led offense is what you want, and it wasn't clear who that was for a long time, for two years now, but it's now clear. And Fournette is someone you want in your lineups. Jason, who's your last stock rising? My last stock rising is someone who I cautioned after week three of anchoring bias. Um, Devontae Smith came out and had a wonderful week one. Uh, he caught six balls for 71 yards and a touchdown. But then he was absolutely to do for weeks two and three. And I thought that people might anchor on to week one and think Devontae Smith, you know, is playing better than he really is. But the rookie has now stepped up again in weeks four and five. He's put up top 30 numbers and in a tough matchup against Carolina, whose defense has been playing very good. And Jalen Hurts only threw for 198 yards yesterday. 
Devontae Smith put up seven receptions for 77 yards. He would have been a top 24 receiver if he didn't lose a fumble. So it would have been two weeks in a row of wide receiver two or better. Devontae Smith is only going up as Jalen Hurts' trajectory continues to go up as well. I think it's clear now. It wasn't as clear in weeks two and three who his number one target was. He was Jalen Rager was a little bit too involved for my liking. Quez Watkins was seeing this amount of work. I think it's clear now that Devontae Smith is his go-to, and the stock is definitely looking up for him. And this is the time, too, when rookie receivers start to, like, take hold. They start to get used to the game. You know, you know don't look at Jamar Chase as an example. I'll tell you that. But most of the time, this is, this is when the rookies start getting going around week five, week six. Um, Bobby Trees is my last stock rising. Good old Bobby Trees The ice cream himself. sandwich. The ice cream sandwich. Robert Woods. Uh, was a gourmet ice cream sandwich in this one. 12 receptions for 150 yards. Sean, Sean McVay said they wanted to get Robert Woods more involved. That's exactly what they did. And look, it's good to know that they wanted to get him involved in the offense. This could have just been a slow start and good things coming. I think it's really good news that in a game where the Rams only put up 26 points and Matthew Stafford only threw for one touchdown, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are able to go for 12 for 150 and 7 for 92 in that game. Yeah. Like that's a that's a really good sign. And and not for nothing Tyler Higby, he only caught two passes for 14 yards, but he got the touchdown, so you left at least decently happy with Tyler Higby. So and Daryl Henderson ran well. So everyone who you started in this game had a great game and the Rams only put up 26, they only threw for one touchdown. They only they they were kind of struggling offensively. So great signs for the entire Rams squad, particularly Robert Woods, who's back in the action. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely look good for Robert Woods. It's it's good to see him more involved. He's a good player. It, it was sad to see him starting to get phased out. McVeigh said he wanted to get him more involved, and he did. It was good to see. Let's do it. To it. Stock down. Ending. <laughs> On a sad note. <laughs> the worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Jason, did you know that the Dow Jones has been on a yo-yo trip as of late? It's been very up and down. Today was a down day. I do know that, yes. I'm in the... Um, in the stocks chat that we have. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. You're in the in. Are you are you in in the market? I'm not in the market at the moment. But J- Jason's gonna. I, be, I keep an eye on it. Jason's gonna be OD in the market when he's a freaking lawyer, raking in the big bucks. Um, Jason, who's your first stock falling? Definitely not Jason. Jason's stock is is looking real up. <laughs> uh, my first stock falling is one that. Hits me personally because he's on my home team league, and it's very disappointing to see Marvin Jones Jr. What the motherfuck? Oh, this guy goes from nine targets, 11 targets, eight targets, looking like a wide receiver, two potentially, three top 36 finishes to start the year. And then in two matchups, the two matchups that you expect him to perform well, uh, Cincinnati and Tennessee. With DJ Chark getting injured on the first drive against Tennessee, Marvin Jones' snap uh, targets become three in week four and five in week five. In total in those two games, he has four receptions 
for 49 yards and no touchdowns. Oof. I honestly, like, I'm dumbfounded as to what to say. I don't understand. I don't know what's happening. I think rookie, he was looking like rookie quarterback syndrome is happening because Corey Davis and uh, and Jones were two guys that people liked going into this week because of the matchups and because. But when you have a rookie quarterback, you could just never know. Sometimes Tavon Austin gets five catches. <laughs> you just never know. And, yeah, man. And Jamal, it's true, especially and with Jamal fucking... Agnew, gets six catches. Yeah, I was gonna say, especially with Urban Meyer at the helm, because that guy, who knows what he's doing. And so the stock's definitely looking down for Marvin Jones. It it looked like he might be a guy who's gonna see ten targets a game. And now it's two games in a row where he's hasn't even cracked five, so it sucks. Tyler Lockett was on the verge of a giant game. Uh he just missed a couple of long touchdowns. He got one touchdown that he actually Caught, taken back. He Russ just overthrew him for a second. And then it happened. Russell Wilson, we talked about it, out six to eight weeks. And now Tyler Lockett, look, he's a talented guy, but he's a speed guy. He needs the beautiful rainbow passes of Russell Wilson to be the Tyler Lockett that you know. And beautiful rainbow passes aren't coming out of the hands of Geno Smith. I have watched Geno Smith enough to know that. If Geno Smith comes out and he's great, I bite my tongue. But for right now, it does nothing to do with Tyler Lockett himself. I And I'm not down on DK Metcalf. I think Metcalf will still be effective, although you have to adjust your expectations for him. I think Tyler Lockett gets the shit under the stick on this one. I think that his, his stock is way down right now. I concur. Tyler Lockett is a very good player, very good route runner, but he's not the athletic freak that... DK Metcalf is that's more prone to be quarterback proof. And I won't be surprised if we see that because Tyler Lockett already disappears in games with Russell Wilson at the helm. And it's now been, you thought it might change after the first two weeks. No, it just said the first two weeks were his two blow up games. And that's just how he rolls. And I don't see many more blow up games with Geno Smith on the helm. Uh, helm. Speaking of on the helm. Is it? Is at the helm. At the helm. At the helm. Uh, Jason. I don't know what a helm is, to be it's, honest. It's the, the helm is like the front of a boat or a plane. Cockpit. No, the helm Starboard. Is like, you know, where, where you drive it. Make fun of me for being stupid. I'm not sure which one it is, but that's the helm. Watch um, the boom jig and turn this starboard. Jason, who are you? <laughs> I watched Wedding Crashers today. Nice. And, nice. And that's what they say when you the watch wedding wedding crashers today. Fire. Ah, the meatloaf. <laughs> oh, I need to watch wedding crashers now. I need to do it. I'm gonna probably watch that. Hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> White trash. <laughs> cool. Jason, who's your second? Who's your second? <laughs> Why? Uh, the person whose stock is falling, like Owen Wilson's was for a short time in that movie, AJ Brown. <laughs> Another guy that I'm just a little bit speechless over. Yeah, yo. Now been, Fuck. He came into the year off of two knee surgeries. You were hoping the talent would keep him very productive. He comes out four for 49 and a touchdown. You're like, all right, it's good to see he scored. And I, I still have high hopes for AJ Brown in his career. But right now, right now it's looking weak, man. 
Um, on nine targets in week two, he only turned that into three for 43. Week three, two targets, got hurt, did nothing. Week five comes out against Jacksonville. His team puts up 37, and he finishes with three and 38. I just, it's tough right now because if you drafted AJ Brown, it was with your wide receiver one or two. And he's not, he's always been a very efficient player. Ryan Tannehill's always been a very efficient player. But right now, they're just not connecting. He He's dropped passes this season. He's probably not 100% healthy. Julio Jones was even out last week, and he didn't do anything with it. I'm not going to be surprised if he turns the tables like, like that. But right now, it's definitely concerning that A.J. Brown continues to put up numbers that just are not even worthy of a flex start. He's been wide receiver 57 or worse every week since week one. Sucks. He's definitely he's definitely killing some people. Uh, that's for sure. He's he's one of those guys where you're going to start talking about him in the bust conversation, including Ryan Tannehill, the true throw value king. Has not been very kingly this year. Um, maybe, maybe feeling the effects of his wide receivers not being healthy almost ever. It truly is the Derrick Henry show. It's the Der- Derrick Henry. He's touching the ball in unprecedented amounts. So, um, everyone getting on Ryan Tannehill, it it turned him. It turned him. It was like, all right, well, well, I like being the best kept secret in fantasy. Now that everyone knows about me, I'm gonna I'm gonna not be as good. Um, Cole Beasley is my stock down because this guy doesn't play anymore. He was only in on 39 percent of the snaps last week. He was in on 22 percent of the snaps. That's less than. Well, just about half of Emmanuel Sanders, yeah, less than half of Emmanuel Sanders, who was on in 45 snaps, actually led the team in snaps. And Stefan Diggs, who was on the field for 42 snaps. Gabriel Davis was on for 14. Jake Kumaro got in. Isaiah McKenzie got in. So Cole Beasley was only on the field for, dude, 40, 39% of the game. He only got two targets. This When Dawson Knox is doing what he's doing, when Emmanuel Sanders is doing what he's doing, there's only so many balls to go around. Um I thought that Dawson Knox was going to be a aberration. I didn't think that he was going to be uh, anything special. But he is showing to be something special. And he played 96% of the snaps. He is just always on the field. So a guy who's on the field 39% of the time or a guy who's on the field 95% of the time. I'm stocked down for Cole Beasley. Jason, thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise that Emmanuel Sanders on stock rising and the other secondary option on the Bills on stock falling because another person we didn't, who we could have put in, put in stock rising, is Dawson Knox. He's fucking his stock he, is through the roof. He was on there last week, and that's what you know. He's we, breaking we, the Dow Jones. We try not to just talk about the same players every week, uh, but he was on there last week. Um, all right, Dawson Knox. Is not is not one of the guys in stock falling. Jason, who's your last guy in stock falling? My last guy in stock falling might be a surprise for some people. But I had him on my team before I traded him this week. And I was a little more concerned than others. Darren Waller. He has not been the guy that everyone wanted him to be. Everyone's putting him in this Travis Kelsey tier. He's going to be great, yada, yada. Listen, since his 19-target week one performance, he's had seven targets, seven targets, seven targets, eight targets. 
those are good. That's very that's a good amount of targets for a tight end, but it's not as many as Travis Kelsey's going to see. And he's been turning it into four or five catches a week around 50 yards. So he's either catching a touchdown and ending as a top 10 tight end, or he's not, and he's at the fringe of the wide receiver one range. Because the last four weeks, he's put up nine, eight, 13, and seven half PPR points. These are all fine. These are fine and Noah Fant numbers, though. These aren't Darren Waller numbers. And while he's been doing this, Hunter Renfro is getting a bigger role. Henry Ruggs is catching deep passes. And Darren Waller, the 19 target performance we saw just hasn't been there. And of course, there's time for him to turn it around. And a lot of people just are ignoring it because he's putting up fine numbers. But I expect more from him. And because he's just being fine, I think his stock is falling. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a, a situation. Another situation. OBJ. Look, I was number one on the Baker Mayfield is worse with OBJ. Uh, last year I went on a whole rant. I need to find all that all the stats that I, I pulled up. But Baker with OBJ versus Baker without OBJ is a very, very, very stark difference on on Baker Mayfield's production. And when you have a game where the Browns put up 42 points, where Baker Mayfield throws the ball 32 times for 305 yards, which 32 times for Baker Mayfield is a lot of times, and two touchdowns. And not only are you out-targeted by David Njoku, the tight end, and Kareem Hunt, the running back, you're also out-targeted by Donovan Peoples-Jones and out and out actually caught the ball by Donovan Peoples-Jones and Rashard Higgins. And when you had a chance to step up on a big fourth and I think it was three, coming across the middle, ball hit you in the hands, you just straight up dropped it on a fourth down. I don't know how you can start this guy. I don't know how it's possible. There's no reason to start him at the moment. He's... He's just a name at this point, and his stock is way down. If you're if he's if he's on one of your rosters, I'm super cool with you just dropping him. Whoa, I'm okay with it. Like if you need to, if you <laughs> look, bye weeks are coming. I don't this want week. drop. Bye weeks are coming this week, and some teams are stacked. Like you had to drop Cole Beasley last week before he was in my stock down, right? Would you rather have Cole Beasley or OBJ rest of the season? It's uh, a good point. I mean, I think it's team dependent. Like, if you're in PPR and you need a flex play every week, Beasley's a little more uh, reliable, but I'd, I'd probably still have OBJ over him. But it's a conversation, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a legitimate conversation. Who would you rather have? Like, if, if you need a bye week replacement at tight end and you got to cut OBJ loose, look, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you not to. There's, yeah. uh, it, it does, just doesn't seem like he's destined to produce. Like, Someone someone put something in the in Twitter today, and I couldn't remember the exact person or stat, uh, but it was very interesting to read that you know OBJ has only been a a, a top twenty four receiver like five times in in a time frame that I think it was like two years. It's like, geez, like this he hasn't produced. And as a guy who had OBJ in a few leagues, and right in this year I have. OBJ in, in Scott Fishbowl because I got him in the 11th round. Nobody wanted him, and it ended up being a good idea. So 
I don't. I can't. I can't start him anywhere. Can't start him. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't win with him. No, I mean, yeah, I feel that, man. Do you know who I mean, you can win with though? OBJ on the Browns is rough. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Jason, where can they find you? At Brodo FF, Jason. You can find Michael at Brodo FF Mike. You can find Cass at Brodo FF Casanova. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. You can find us all at Brodo FF. Nope, sorry. At Brodo Fantasy. Sorry, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, TikTok soon. We have a little surprise coming there. We're gathering our TikTok might. And we might have uh, we might have some special stuff going on there. Uh, so if you want to f- shoot us a follow at Brodo Fantasy, but to be honest with you, nothing's gonna happen there for right now. Um, and if you want to, <laughs> just gotta be honest. Like they're gonna follow us, and nothing's gonna happen. We got we got we got plans in the works. And then what else? BrotoFantasy.com, the fantasy football with Brodo app. We just we're just everywhere these days. We're everywhere. And if you can give us a a review of the app or of the podcast, that stuff goes real far. So if you could do that, we'd appreciate it. Jason, anything to add? No, I guess that. All right. With that being said, it was nice joining you today, brother. Yes, it was. It was nice having you. Special guest, Jason. <laughs> Later. Later. <laughs>